This is Ballot Vox, the pointer's look at the issues on the ballot in Peel, in Niagara, at Queens Park, and in Ottawa. Now, your host, Joel Whitnable. Hi, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the protection of children. More specifically, one of the main agencies tasked with ensuring children grow up in safe, healthy environments, which is the Children's Aid Society. And just a quick, brief history, the Children's Aid Society, which has offices all across Canada, has been around for over 100 years. The first CAS opened in Toronto in 1891. And following the passage of the first iteration of the Child or Children's Protection Act, two years after that, and the expansion of government funding that ensued, CAS organizations began to open across Canada. These organizations have always had a very clear mandate of protecting children who may be in unsafe conditions as a result of poor parenting or many, many other factors in their life. Today, this mandate has slightly evolved into one that isn't just about protecting children, but one that also is focused on supporting the growth of healthy families and ensuring that children can grow up in the home with their parents, but in an environment that is is safe for them. Unfortunately, in Peel, the ability of the local CAS to carry out this mandate has been put into serious doubt over the last few years. And so to help us break down the most recent developments in this disturbing saga of Peel CAS, we have the Pointer's Mississauga reporter, Paige Peacock, who has been covering the story very closely. Paige, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Paige, we just ran a great piece of reporting from yourself on fairly disturbing lawsuit that has been filed against the local CAS, the most recent in a long line of sort of disturbing stories that have come out of this organization in the last few years. But can you tell listeners what is going on right now? And what is this troubling statement of claim that was just filed? And what does it expose? Yeah, so um, following his termination last year, the former director of finance, Marino Cater, filed a statement of claim, which essentially kind of goes over how he was wrongfully dismissed for being a whistleblower against the former CEO, Rav Baines, who we've also reported heavily on some of the misconduct and allegations that have surrounded him with financial mismanagement and a sort of toxic work culture that he promoted at the organization. And so in his statement of claim, which is very lengthy, Cater alleges being used as a scapegoat for Baines' wrongdoing, as well as several other allegations pointing towards additional financial mismanagement that wasn't previously revealed in other reporting that we've done, along with the provincial review that was conducted. There were things in there that were not included in the initial review by the province that were now found in the statement of claim. So essentially, Marino Cater has just kind of, what we're seeing is that he's sort of shifted the blame and we're seeing all these new revelations coming up in the organization that has already faced a lot of scrutiny and criticizing not only our reporting, but also the province. What you're kind of, you know, you're laying out here, I think it touches on a lot of these different aspects of of what's been going on over the last few years. And it is very, very difficult. And we're going to try and untangle all of these sort of separate controversies, which you did just touch on. You know, we have this lawsuit, which you said, you know, from the former director of finance, Marino Cotter, who alleges he was wrongfully dismissed. He came forward with concerns about the CEO, and he said he's being punished for that, a claim that the PLCAS in their statement of defense denies. And you know, just for the listeners and for legal reasons, we will say all of the allegations that we will be talking about in this episode are just that. They are just allegations. They have not been proven in court. And for the most part, the PLCAS 
denies a lot of what Maureen O'Connor is saying in his statement of claim, which we will lay out as we move forward in their statement of defense. So, Paige, I do want to look specifically at some of these claims that Cotter is making in his statement of claim. So he says he was wrongfully dismissed. And he says that a lot of the wrongdoing that PLCAS is alleging that is his fault was actually the fault of Baines. Can you lay out some of those allegations? What is Cotter saying he was forced to do? Or what is he saying that Baines was doing? Cater has alleged that he experienced bullying and intimidation, as well as pressure to engage in unethical conduct while reporting to the CEO, Rob Baines. And prior to Baines being placed on leave, Cater alleges that he also instructed him to engage in unethical conduct with regards to the organization's finances. In terms of, I think one of the ones was purchasing at least $1.3 million in gift cards, which the organization has alleged was Cater's wrongdoing, but he's now placing the blame on Ralph Baines, which he says Baines informed him to purchase these cards and lock them away in a vault at the agency, which is a very large allegation to make. And we're kind of seeing between the statement of claim filed by Cater and the statement of defense that's now been filed in response by the organization. But there's a lot of back and forth of, you know, he said, she said, and placing the blame on both Cater and then Cater coming back and claiming that it's Baines who's instructed him to hide all these financial mismanagements that we've been seeing previously with Rav Baines. So it's kind of really opened the door to a lot of what's been going on inside the organization that a lot of people have not seen and it's now surfacing. So it's been very interesting for sure to see all these allegations coming up and coming down the the pipe for the organization that's been so criticized over the last nearly three years. The organization has faced many reviews. When the Pointer started reporting on this case or on PLCAS several years ago, when we had whistleblowers come forward to us with, with serious concerns, it led to a provincial review which found that the organization was, quote, seriously troubled and and was run with a, quote, culture of fear. And now we're getting what Paige was just talking about, all of these really disturbing allegations about the handling of the finances. And just to expand on some of the things that Paige was talking about, the gift cards that she mentioned, this $1.3 million, Cotter says that he was told by Baines to do that and buy those cards so that the agency would not have to return taxpayers' money to the government. Baines instructed Cotter to make sure that he did not email about these purchases so that there wouldn't be a paper trail to follow where this money was going. And and so I think those two are quite disturbing. There's also a lot of other just absolutely sort of unforgivable allegations in terms of the way the money was used. Money that is supposed to be going to protect children is going towards Baines building a badminton court at PLCIS that he is then using allegedly during COVID lockdowns and one that after it was completed, he tried to have ripped up because he wasn't happy with the layout, which would have cost thousands of dollars, which the finance department at PLCIS thankfully blocked from happening. But it really just, like Paige alluded to, opens the door to expose sort of the absolute ridiculous way this agency, a critical agency in any city, how it's being run in Peel. And so, Paige, can you talk about, we already, I've already said that Peel CAS has denied a lot of what Cotter has alleged in his statement of claim, but what was their response to all of this in their statement of defense? In the organization's statement of defense, the organization addresses some of the allegations that Cater's brought forward against Baines. 
which they have denied uh, all the allegations that have been presented against the organization by Cotter. And they've also claimed that Cotter is the one who engaged in the wrongful acts of ranging from conflict of interest and theft and fraud, as well as breaching the obligations that he owed PLCAS, the trust that was put into him and to protect the resources and funds that have been you know, earmarked for vulnerable children and families. I mean, the basis of Cater's claim is that he alleges he was wrongfully dismissed under all these different factors that we're seeing come forward. And the organization, of course, is denying that he was wrongfully dismissed and then alleging that this significant financial wrongdoing is on his behalf and sort of shifting those allegations that we see come forward in Cater's statement of claim towards essentially deflecting it back on him um, and claiming that, the, you know, the, the former employee was the one who misappropriated, you know, the approximately $1.3 in the organization's funds. And that also includes in their defense, they say that was through, you know, submitting fictitious receipts, falsifying online invoices, and then also requesting reimbursements for purchases that he either returned or canceled and improperly disputing gift cards as well. So, you know, these are a lot of very serious allegations and it's a large amount of money for an organization that is meant to you know, this is taxpayer funded and they're meant to protect the most vulnerable population. So, yeah, essentially, you know, the organizations made a lot of allegations back and deflect the blame back on Cater in their statement of defense. Yeah. And I thought that it was interesting. Typically, the statement of claim is filed and then the statement of defense picks apart the allegations that are made in the statement of claim to either disprove them or push back against them. And this case is particularly weird because what Cotter is alleging is a lot of allegations against Rav Baines. And Rav Baines has not responded to these allegations. The pointer reached out to him for our coverage and he did not respond. So we're not sure where he stands on all of this. But we have a statement of claim which lays out that Cotter was wrongfully dismissed, saying that all of the wrongdoing was Baines's fault. And then we have a statement of defense, which really doesn't address a lot of the claims that Cotter is making against Baines, you know, the PLCAS in their statement of defense admit that a lot of the claims that he is making are, quote, serious, but they don't address the majority of them in terms of providing evidence to disprove them or say that the PLCAS denies that that's the case. That on its face is, for one thing, very interesting. The other factor here and what PLCAS is saying is that Cotter's making all of these allegations against Baines. And what PLCAS has come forward with saying that those allegations aside, it doesn't take away from the fact that what PLCAS is alleging is still existing against Cotter. All of these charges that they say he did in terms of the fake receipts, the false expense claims, I think the total that they allege the, res- the organization lost as a result of him is $1.3 million. So essentially, we have all of these allegations against Baines. We have all of these allegations against Cotter, and they're all being thrown at the wall in these two, the statement of claim and the statement of defense. And the reader and the journalists and the media are left to try and pick apart what is actually happening within this organization, where clearly there has been a complete breakdown in leadership. And if even a modicum of what any of these allegations that are being made are true, it it speaks to a complete lack of accountability for an organization that receives a lot of taxpayers' money. And Paige, the last element of this, and it, it does connect to the, the statement of defense that PLCAS filed, what they're alleging against Cotter is, is some of it could be considered criminal behavior. 
And we know Cotter, along with another former employee of PLCAS, are actually facing criminal charges. And you've been following that court case. Can you tell us what are the police charging Cotter and this other former employee with? And where does that court case stand right now? Yeah, so Peel Regional Police currently has a case out for a um, what they're calling a purchase and reimbursement scheme. So Cater is currently facing the criminal charges for all this alleged financial misconduct. There was an internal investigation conducted early in 2022 that found Cater had allegedly abused his former position, which is what we're now seeing in this statement of claim and statement of defense. But he was actually also subsequently charged alongside Andre Paul, who's a former maintenance coordinator with Peel CAS. And so what the case essentially is right now is the pair allegedly swindled the organization, you know, more than 250000 as part of this purchase and reimbursement scheme, according to Peel Regional Police. So as a result, Cater is now being charged with, I think it's seven counts of fraud over 5000 and then five counts of uttering a false document. And then Andre Paul, the former maintenance coordinator, is also being charged alongside him with, I think it's three counts of uttering a false document. And so the case was supposed to originally be brought forward beginning of January, but there's been a lot of delays in there with, they needed more time, the courts needed more time to allow for disclosure. So it's been delayed again until April 17th when they'll both now reappear in court. It's unclear at this point what PLCAS has in their statement of defense against Cotter and what they're alleging in that document in terms of the false receipts, the false expense claims. It's unclear whether that is the same thing as the criminal charges that the Peel Regional Police have brought forward. And eventually, I believe that'll come out in court when it eventually goes to to trial or we get a plea or, or whatever, however that turns out. But to try and wrap all of this up, I think the real tragedy in all of this is the impact on the children that are supposed to be getting care and compassion from this organization in Peel. This is a taxpayer-funded organization, remember, with a mandate to protect children and families. And these senior leaders are too busy fighting amongst themselves or too busy trying to defraud the organization, allegedly, for over a million dollars to actually care about the critically important job they've been hired to do. And this is a clear pattern. This isn't just in the last these just these documents that we've received. It's a clear pattern for over two years, the pointer has been reporting about this issue. There have been independent investigations, reviews by the Ontario government, which as I've said in this episode already, those reviews found that this organization was quote, seriously troubled and had a quote, culture of fear. And now people say, yes, I've hit a wall. I truly believe it's time for the government to step in and truly make some change by uprooting the leadership within this organization. Cotter's not there anymore. Baines isn't there anymore. But there are still a board of directors at this organization that have failed. They are tasked with stewarding the taxpayers' money within this organization and making sure it is used effectively. They failed repeatedly. They failed to discipline the CEO when he was clearly violating their own policies. This is Baines by using a subordinate's credit card to pay for trips out of the country. This is something that the pointers reporting exposed. Their explanation and claims he broke no rules is a joke when their policies make it abundantly clear that that is not allowed. They need to go because that's the only way things are going to change and they are only going to be able to get new people in there to clean things up if there's a wholesale change. Do you think that anybody is going to want to work at this organization 
that has this history, that has a culture that is built upon the culture at a workplace is made by the, the leaders. And what these court cases show is that these leaders are incompetent and are too busy with their own controversies to even care. Or when they do, as Cotter alleges in his statement of claim, Baines, the former leader, wanted his employees to be afraid. That's how he ran the organization. Thankfully, he is gone now. But that doesn't change the fact that there are a lot of people and a board of directors there who have been here through it all. Any kind-hearted individual who could have the ability to turn this organization around and run it the way that it needs to be run is going to steer clear of Peel unless there is a massive change. And this is where I think we need the NDP as the official opposition at Queen's Park to start speaking up about this issue. They can apply pressure and get the PCs to pay attention once again. Because if they don't, and we don't get this review, we don't get this government to step in and actually try and force some real change within this organization, we're going to continue to see exactly what we've seen for the last three years. We already had a provincial review. We've already had these independent investigations. These stories and this nonsense continues to happen. Something much bolder needs to happen. And it needs to happen fast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Paige, thank you so much for the reporting that you're doing on this story. And thank you for joining us. I hope all of you will join us next week for another episode of Ballot Box. Box was hosted by Joel Whitnable, produced by yours truly. Join us next week for the Pointer's ongoing coverage of the issues on the ballot. I'm Jeff Chalmers. Thank you for listening. See you next time.